TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Vikings fans, get it off your chest and get it on the air. Your comments, questions, your thoughts. Tweet us at Score North or call 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line. Second down and 10. And this is the third big carry of the game and this one to the end zone for Dalvin Cook. My, oh my. There it is indeed. Cousins over the top for the rushing touchdown. And the Minnesota Vikings in the first half have rushed for over 120 yards. And welcome into the new weekday Vikings vent line. Zolga, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill producing. We are coming to you from the TCL Broadcast Studios. 651-646-8255. The goal of this show, which is on Mondays 10 to noon and then uh, Tuesday through Friday 11 to noon, is to involve you as much as possible. So 651-646-8255. Those phone lines will be open for the entire hour. You can also uh, feel free to tweet at us. I'm at Jay Zolgad. You can tweet at our uh, our station account, which is at Score North, And then Danny Cunningham at Real D Cunningham. So our... Uh, Vikings vent line poll of the day, Daniel, is up already, and the question is very simple and actually serves as a good jumping-off point because it is Packer week. Oh, yes, it is. How many points can the Vikings defense give up on Sunday at Lambeau Field and expect to win? Your choices are 14, 21, 30, 35 or more, 150 votes in so far, 21 uh, has 59%, 14, which would be a very good game, has 33%, 6% saying 30, and uh, a, a small 1 percentile saying 35% or more, and this team can win this game. Whoever voted 35 or more, I want what they're having. There's no way they can win a game allowing 35 points against this Packers team. They love Kirk Cousins. There is no way. It's Collar. It might be Collar. It's Matthew Collar because... He just wants to see chaos. So should I spoil the way I voted because I have voted in the Vikings line poll at Score North? I voted 14 points. I think Ooh. that that's ex- you can expect not 21. No, I, I voted 21. No, I don't think that you can expect to win if you give up 21 points. Now it's possible that you win, but I think if you only allow 14 points, you come away from that disappointed if you don't win. If you allow 21 points, I could see them losing 21-17. Could see him winning 24-21 as well. But if they only allow 14 points, I think that that is absolutely the expectation of a victory. Okay, that's probably fair. 14 is a very good good day. I want to start off with this, though, Danny, because yesterday it worked so well. Now, it didn't work on this show, but um, the, the show after this, of course, is the twin show. And I threw down the gauntlet. On Jose Barrios. And I said, I want eight innings and I want a really well-pitched game. I, th- I think I asked for like two runs. He actually did me one better because he gave up no runs in seven and then only got pulled because Rocco pulled him. All right? So here's where I'm going to throw down the gauntlet today and, and would like to get your thoughts on this on Viking Ventline. And if you want to jump in as well, uh, call her 651-646-8255. As I said, if you're at work and can't call... Real D. Cunningham, Jay Zolgad, at Jay Zolgad on Twitter, Z-U-L-G-A-D, or at Score North with your thoughts. I'm going to throw down the gauntlet on actually what is probably the best part of this Vikings team, but it's the defense, and here's why. Yep. Last year, I went back in the game book. This is, by the way, apples to apples. Week two last year in Lambeau Field, week two this year. Nothing's changed. It was a gorgeous day, as I recall. Last year, I would expect that we would hopefully have, I don't know this for sure because I haven't checked the forecast, a nice day on Sunday. I'll do that right now for okay, you, Okay, thank you. 
Last year, the Green Bay Packers were up 20-7 to in the third quarter of that game. Last year, the Vikings, so then they started to rally. The Packers were still up at one point, 23-14 in the fourth quarter. There were 31 com- uh, combined points scored, many of them by the Vikings, in the fourth quarter of that game. Kirk Cousins threw for 425 yards, which was his season high. Two weeks after that, the Vikings went to the Rams and actually lost, and he threw for 422. But this game ended up in a 29-29 tie. I throw down the gauntlet on the Vikings' deep defense and say, to your point about 14 points, this is not a Kirk Cousins game. No. This is not an offense game. Now, they're going to have to help, and, and we can get into that. But this is a game that's going to revolve around the fact that, you know, my contention has been that from halftime of the playoff game at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Saints, when the Vikings started to defensively fall apart, they got waxed in Philadelphia. And then I think if you go back and look statistically, there were about there was about four games through that Rams game, the Buffalo game, where that defense didn't play well. This is where if you are going to have a special season, if you're going to get to 11 wins or 12 wins, this is the type of game your defense goes in to Lambeau Field. They're a, a veteran team, a veteran defense, and yes, it's Aaron Rodgers, and I get he's very good, but they go in there and they put on a performance where you go away from that game saying, "Okay, we're on to something here." Just like we I'm talked throwing about, throwing down a gauntlet. Just like we kind of talked about how Week One could be a bit of a statement, especially considering what the schedule looks like early on, where you've got. Atlanta and then Green Bay. Oakland looked really good on Monday night. I didn't necessarily think that they would coming off the Antonio Brown saga, but they have. And then Chicago week four. That's really a pretty strong opening schedule. Week one, you had to come out and make a statement and say, you know what, last year was not who we are. Week two, you have to do the same thing, but you have to do it with defense more so than you did at week one. It's going to be a tougher test. I think that in all phases of the game, the Packers are a better team than the Atlanta Falcons are. You're not going to jump out to a 28 to nothing lead. And if you do, I'll be stunned if oh, yeah. you jump out to a 28 yeah, to nothing no, lead not, this no, weekend. No, That's it's not, not happening. No, it's not going to happen. This is another test. This is when it is, it's time to make an early season statement. And if you do, if you do that this weekend, it will erase a lot of a lot of the way some people feel about what happened last year because it's like okay, last year was a fluke. This defense and this team right now they're for real. This is what 2017 felt like. You can make a lot of people feel that way mm-hmm. this Sunday in Lambeau Field. Okay, the the Danny Cunningham Twitter question. I've got it. Something along the lines of Danny: If the Vikings go into Lambeau Field and allow 14 points or less and win that game. How much different are you going to feel about the 2019 Vikings than you feel right now? Okay. Something along those lines. Because I think you're right. I think that these first... Look, they, the reality of the 2018 season to me, if, if you go back and think about it, was very much in many ways colored by those first four games, right? Yeah, Cause absolutely. Because the, the, the Buffalo game, the, the green... Because you beat San Francisco at U.S. Bank Stadium week one. Nice win. That's great, because at that time, we thought that the Niners were going to be for real. Yeah. Now, Garoppolo got hurt after that, and all hell broke loose for them. He's a fraud anyways. But if you remember going in into that game, we thought, oh, man, Shanahan's coaching them. It's going to be a good team. Week two, Green Bay. And that defense didn't play well. And Cousins, now that was the game where we sort of said, I wonder if Cousins can do this, which... Long term, he really couldn't. No, but that was the game where we said, "Oh man, that was an, an impressive comeback." In fact, Kirk Cousins in that game. Uh, let's see here. I wrote this down this morning. The Vikings, who tied it at twenty nine all, 
tied the game with 36 seconds left on the great 22-yard pass from Cousins to Thielen, and then I believe it was Cousins to Diggs on the two-point conversion to tie that, that game. Correct. So then we're saying, man, this team's got some offense. But that still flies in the face of what Mike Zimmer wants and sort of contradicts that. And then week three, you came out against Buffalo and looked terrible. Just laid an egg. And if I'm not mistaken, week four, you played the Thursday night game against the Rams in the Coliseum, correct? Yes, and that was a, a shootout. And that, But again, so, so for the second time in four yeah, for the second time in four games, you played a game that flew in the face of what, as a fan of the Vikings or a follower of the Vikings, you know they want to do. You you played a game that was the exact opposite of what your blueprint is. That Rams game last year was not the blueprint for success for the Vikings, and neither was the Packers game. Now, week one this year absolutely was probably the uh, the most the best version of that blueprint. I don't know how accurate it'll be time and time again, but that's what Mike Zimmer dreams of, where I don't know that that's going to be the case this week, but I think that you can find kind of a happy medium that's it's not going to be the same type of shootout that it had been, but it, it certainly can be something close to the blueprint. Yeah, and, and I think that if you can if you can go in there, and to what you said off our Twitter poll, if you can go into Lambo against this offense, which, you know, Keep in mind, week one scored 10 points. So it, it's certainly not a polished product. LaFleur, I think, is... LaFleur and Rodgers are probably getting on the same page. Uh, but if you can go in there and, let's say, allow 14 to 17 points and walk away with, I don't know, a 20 to 17 win, I think you're ecstatic about I that. I think you're thrilled. And I, to speak on the Packers' offense, right now, that offense is not in the same place it's going to be at some point. That offense is not clicking on all, all cylinders. It's Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are getting a feel for each other. They, yeah. they, they are like a, a, a couple that's just starting to date. They don't know what, they don't know what the other one necessarily likes all the way yet. They don't know each other's favorite restaurants. They don't, they don't know each other inside and out the way that, that Aaron Rodgers has known his offenses over the past couple of years. Once it gets to that point, it could be a scary thing, but this is an advantage for the Vikings to have to go to Lambeau week two because they're still trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. If they were going to Lambeau, Week 10, week 11, it might be a little bit of a different story. It might be something where like, okay, well, this is a really tough task to try and slow down this offense. Where right now, you can slow down that offense before it really even gets moving, and that shouldn't be nearly as hard. Do you buy the fact that these two, obviously, there's been the stories out there uh, throughout the summer that they don't see eye to eye, don't get along? Because I don't know, I can't imagine that Matt LaFleur at that age, knowing what happened between Rodgers and McCarthy, would actually go in there and say, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing it my way. There has to be... Now, I completely buy in that this is going to take some time and that there's changes, but if LaFleur... It should be a Vikings fan dream that if LaFleur arrived at Lambeau Field, walked in, sat down with Aaron and said, we're doing things my way, that would be the best news that Zimmer and the Vikings ever got. That, That would be among... Honestly, the most stupid things that I've in 2019 with a quarterback that good and that smart. If you really went in and say, This is how I run things, I think you're an idiot. So here's why I, yes, I do think you're an idiot. Here's why I I do think he would do that. And here's why I don't think he would do that. The, Mm -hmm. The don't think he would do that answer is easy. It's because you get the opportunity to coach Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't happen. You are coaching a arguably the most talented quarterback that we've ever seen. He's not the best we've ever seen or the greatest we've ever seen, but there's an argument that he's the most talented we've ever seen. I think everyone can agree with that. But it's also his first time being a head coach. 
And if it doesn't go well, but once you, but you don't necessarily always yeah. get a second chance. And if you don't, if you are only going to get one chance, don't you want to do it your way? You know who said that exact at his introductory press conference said that exact thing, and he didn't have a quarterback. He didn't have in, in retrospect. Now at the time we, we thought he did, but he did not even have a QB. Brad Childress said the exact same thing. But if you go in as a young coach to a, a system and a quarter. The whole thing with Aaron was, right, His all his problems, or I shouldn't say, that's not fair. A lot of his problems in his mind were caused by the fact that he and McCarthy had, the relationship had sort of gone stale, and that Mike was essentially trying to dictate things. Sure. If Matt, now, now, if this is your last chance as a veteran offensive mind, and you were deemed to be a fantastic offensive mind, and you're, let's say, 50-ish, and you get the job, then I might sort of get that of, hey, Aaron, this is going to work, just trust me. But if you're LaFleur, you got to go in and say, give me all your ideas. I'll give you mine. You are basically, you are, I'm empowering you to be co-offensive coordinator. And you're not going to have that title, but you are going to have the ability to change plays at the line of scrimmage. I thought that was the whole point of this coaching change. Sure. And, Judd, it's easy for you and I to say that. That's the thing. Of course, it seems obvious to us, but I think we both know and we both have, you've certainly been around covering football longer than I have, and and we've been around a lot of different coaches in our respective careers, but I think that we both know coaches tend to be wired a little bit differently than us or the normal, normal human being. Like, they're just not always the same. So, yeah, while that sounds like something that seems super obvious to us, Maybe it's not super obvious to Matt LaFleur. Maybe Matt okay, LaFleur but, thinks, I earned this position. But then the people who hired him should all be fired. Okay, I'm not like, going to debate that. Like, you've got to sit down. You've got to, if as you are going through the vetting process of potential head coaches, you've got to sit down and say, because Aaron has how long left, do you think? Five years, maybe? With his, And injury, I know Brady's playing to 49 well, or whatever. You but can't talk about Brady when you bring in this, this discussion. And with Aaron, Aaron has had an injury history that Tom Brady didn't have. Tom Brady mm-hmm. had the one ACL injury, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Where Aaron has had multiple collarbones, a knee injury last year. He has, he has been through some stuff physically that quarterbacks that have played late into their careers haven't necessarily had. So three years, are we talking? Four years, maybe five at most? Because he's, what, 34 right now? Okay, so right I want to. So if if I am if I own the Packers, which is basically six thousand people, it's if like, I'm it costs like fifty bucks, you can, you you can afford it's a hundred bucks and it's a piece of paper. Uh, it, if, Owners, man. If I am uh, team president Mark Murphy, if I'm GM Brian Gutekunst, I have to go through as I go through the process. I say, how can we get the most from you for those last few years, those last five years? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers will be 36 in December, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm not, so I'm not saying what young coach can I hire who's going to come in here and dictate things? It makes no sense. Yeah. But you know what? If you're the Vikings, you're thrilled. If that's the case, I'm thrilled because you are basic, because if the more angst that you cause in Green Bay, the more you're playing into exactly what I want. And eventually, considering that you got Brett Favre in Green Bay in 92. Eventually, at some point in time, it has to run out, right? I can't wait. But eventually, so you got Favre 92 to 2008, if I'm not mistaken, or 7, 7, mm-hmm. 2007. Yeah. And then I covered, it was a Monday night game, 2008 opener in Lambeau Field, Rogers' first start. So from 1992 
to whatever the expiration date on Aaron Rodgers' career is, at some point in time, the Packers' next QB has to be um, Kelly Holcomb, right? It's got to be somebody who you say, <laughs> now, I now mean, we got you. Since, since 1993, the Packers have only had six different starting quarterbacks. But, and that is one game minimum because Matt Flynn has started a couple games. Brett Hundley started a couple games when Rodgers broke his collarbone a couple years back. Scott Tolzien and Seneca Wallace got one. Other than that, it has been, been Brett Favre. I've seen both the and lot. Aaron Rodgers. I've seen those guys play, by the way, and they were. But they. But oh, I'm saying I, I covered the Brett Hundley but, season. But eventually, but eventually, one would hope that the Packers really get one of those for an entire season, not just stepping in season. How about an era? Okay, well, no, because then you become the Vikings and you just switch out, switch out, switch out, and then you trade for a veteran and that then you does, sign that a free is a agent. franchise that deserves it. They've been. They've gotten so lucky. How can you? I, well, the rest of the league set them he, up for Aaron. Yeah, that's fine. I've always said you you do know in 2019 that would never happen again, right? You would hope not. But Alex Smith and Aaron were one two, and everybody else till 24 had a quarterback, and the Niners took Alex Smith. Think about that. Nobody traded up. Nobody said Aaron Rodgers is free falling. I wonder if we work with him if he might be an okay quarterback. That's one of the I sat in Green Bay during that draft, and it's one of the most amazing things I've seen. Where you, where now, what you consider to be one of the hardest positions in sports to fill, yeah, impossible to fill half the time, right? And this guy who was seen as the Niners are either going to take it was incredibly close, so San Francisco was going to take Alex Smith or Aaron, and they took Smith, and then to free fall to what twenty three, twenty four, believe it's twenty four overall. Okay, the Vikings, by the way, had two picks. Seven and nineteen, but I mean, you know, they took, they took Williamson. Okay, they're trying to replace Moss and Erasmus James. How'd Erasmus James, who unfortunately had only one problem: he hated football. And I'm not kidding. Hell, of a player. I love you're still. I love that you're still fired up about this. Fourteen years later, too, James. but it makes it's great because it makes because every time that you look back now, it makes less and less sense. Yeah. And I'm not saying on on the Vikings solely. I'm saying as the as a league, when you look at how hard it is, and now now the one saving grace in the NFC North is this now, the one, and I think this is going to come around to be the the. So if Aaron felt to the Packers was unfair, it's that the Bears took Trubisky, and had oh let's say better choices than that. So I Much do better. think so I do think your division. Ultimately, might have, might have, it might have taken, and it might have giveth as well. Six five one six four six eight two five five TCL Broadcast Studios. The show is the new Viking weekday event line. We're on from eleven to noon. Um, you can also reach us on Twitter, Real D Cunningham. That's Danny. I'm at Jay Zolgad at Score North on Twitter. If you have thoughts uh, before we go to break. Do do want to talk about this guy, Mike Zimmer on Anthony Harris after Sunday's game, and I'll tell you why we're playing this after. He's a smart guy that's always played well when he's gotten in there. He's, I think he's more healthy this year than he was a year ago. He's a little bit gimpy, but um, I think uh, he's moving around well. And with him and Harrison, it, it's it's a good combination back there because, you know, he sees Harrison doing one thing, and then he's trying to disguise to do something let them think that so they they've got a good little um i don't know aura about them that that, that they can kind of you show this time i show that time whatever and on uh a sunday in the vikings win over the cardinal or the cardinals the falcons 
Anthony Harris had uh, two picks and one fumble recovery, Danny, and today he was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. And this, to me, goes back to, and I think we touched on this briefly on Monday, Mike Zimmer's ability to develop the secondary. Yeah, and you know what? He deserved the Defensive Player of the Week honor. First yeah. and foremost, there's no question about that. Breaking. But it's really impressive to see, especially because their depth has been tested at times at that position or in the defensive backfield at the very least. And mm-hmm. that was another case the other day is that Alexander went out with what a dislocated elbow. That's that's yes. painful. And, yeah, and we're still. You still did well as a, a defensive backfield as a whole. So and J. Ron Curse, the safety replaced him in the nickel. Yeah, and think was, about was that really for a good. second. Look good. Yes, he did. So that's it's impressive what the Vikings have been able to do with defensive backs. Really impressive. I do love the fact that you have now trained a safety who who you can put into what they consider to be the big nickel package. You can now plug him into the nickel consistently. If Leslie Frazier had tried to do that, the Vikings would have given up 74 points on Sunday. Yeah, it wouldn't have gone as well. It would not have. 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. The new Vikings vent line. We're on till noon, Tuesday through Friday. We're on from uh, 10 to noon on Mondays. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. You know what it's going to be time to do, Danny Cunningham, very shortly? What's that, Judd? It's going to be time to vent. Vikings Vent Line. Your tweets, your calls. Mondays 10 to noon, Tuesdays through Friday 11 to noon. Vikings Vent Line. Think of it as the view for Vikings talk. No? But if Whoopi Goldberg wants to call in, we'll share it. Vikings Vent Line on Score North and scorenorth.com. The best in the league, and there's a block putt. And Minnesota covers it up. It looked like Eric Wilson, the linebacker out of Cincinnati, came charging in to get it. Yes, that's right. It's the new Vikings Daily event line. We are on until noon, so half hour to go. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's Zolgad. It's Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill producing. Declan Goff runs the stream, which can be found where, Danny? Uh, that can be found on Twitter, Twitch, Periscope. YouTube, I'm so Facebook maybe. I'm so old. Sometimes. Lots of places. Every place that my, you consume my video. MySpace work or no? No. Does my, Declan, okay. MySpace? Declan says no. No MySpace. All right. Tumblr? No Friendster. No MySpace. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. And you can reach us, 651-646-8255. If you are at work and can't call us, certainly understand. That's why we have Twitter accounts. Danny's at Real D Cunningham. I'm at J Zolgad. That's Z-U-L-G-A-D. And you can also reach us uh, at the Twitter account for Score North, which is simply at Score North. The Vikings event line poll of the day, Mr. Cunningham, is how many points can the Vikings defense give up on Sunday at Lambeau Field and still expect to win. Of course, last year in Week 2, these two teams played at Lambeau and it was a 29-29 tie. Uh, the leader in the clubhouse right now with 281 votes in is 21.63% saying that the Vikings could afford to give up 21 points and win. The second one is what you picked and voted for, 30% say 14 points. 5% uh, say that the Vikings can afford to give up 30 points and win, which would obviously be a very high-scoring game for Mike Zimmer's defense, which Mike would not like. And then we have 2% now coming in saying, hey, 35 or more, and they'll be fine. I want what they're having. Truly do. That would be calling on this offense and young Kirk to have a very good good game. By the way, I did find this. So here's one stat that cannot remain the same as last year, all right? Okay. Dalvin Cook now, he hurt his hamstring in this game, and I forget exactly when he came out because it did go into OT. Uh, Dalvin Cook last year in Week 2, 10 carries, 38 yards, 
three pass catches, 52 yards. Now, he, he was kind of coming off the ACL in week one there, so he was still, and, and I think he hurt the hamstring in part because of the ACL problem. Yeah. But the point being is the rushes, 10 carries, 38 yards, and as a whole in that game, the Vikings threw 48 passes and rushed the ball 18 times. That is a formula to lose the football game. Yeah, they can't repeat that. You're going to have to have, at the very the very worst case, I think it, it's 50-50. You're going to, this offense is going to want to run the ball more than they pass the ball. Their ratio should be around 50 50 at worst. If not, 55 45, close to 60 40 running. Yeah, but it's certainly, it can't be anywhere near 48 to 18. No, if you're throwing 48 passes in a game this year, you're not going to win it. I would be very surprised if you're winning a game in which Kirk Cousins attempts 48 passes. All right. What's the response so far to the question that you put out on Twitter about uh, Sunday? So, question on Twitter at Real D Cunningham: If the Vikings go into Lambeau Field and allow 14 points or less and win on Sunday against the Packers, how does that change your feelings about the 2019 Vikings? We have uh, quite a few responses. The only um, let's see, Joey said it's going to get real out of hand around here if that happens. I still think our defense will wear down as it tends to towards the end of the year. Michael said it increases their chances to win the division, but it's definitely not a sign of being Super Bowl bound. Um, let's see what else here. Don from Ohio said, if they give up no points, I'd like their chances that much better. <laughs> yes, Don. Don's a great guy. Uh, and yes, he's absolutely correct. If they shut him out, it's going to be a heck of a performance. Colorado truck driver guy tweets in, says, doesn't change anything. Only game two. Let's just relax. In all caps, just like Aaron Rodgers. But I, once you said. see, I think if they play well and defensively have success, I think it sets a really positive tone. I'm telling you, those first there's only sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Those first four games last year were an indicator of things to come. It's a quarter of the season, too. Yes. So I don't I'm not insinuating that we go crazy, but I, I think that what transpires on Sunday definitely gives us a little bit of a read, especially, as I said, it went San Francisco last year win. Okay, that's a nice win at the time. That's what you think. Green Bay, 29-29. That's a lot. Buffalo, you played like... Mm, I'm like not, a high school team. Yeah, you played terrible. I couldn't think of the right word without <laughs> saying something that I can't say on the radio. And then the Rams game was a fun game to watch as a fan, mm-hmm. but it was outside the box of what the Vikings wanted. So... I'm not trying to say that you should go crazy, but Sunday gives you a read. Another tweet that uh, just came in from Justin. I need to see them have a game where nothing goes according to plan and they're forced to make adjustments. The Zimmer Vikings have always looked like the best team in the league when things go according to plan. It's when they don't that they look like they're a team that has no shot to win the Super Bowl. I think that's a valid point and kind of a valid request. I think that's very, very fair. Now, you only want that to happen or or that should only happen a couple times, right? Yeah, you don't like want if that, that to happens be an all the time. Thing, something's wrong with your team. Oh, absolutely. That that means you're a bad team. If, yeah. if it never goes according to plan, plans, you're bad. Your game yeah. plan stinks. Yes, you have problems if it never goes according to plan. Now, is it going to go according to plan every week? Absolutely not. That never happens. I want to see my my thing is on Sunday. I want to see that defense come out and and look really solid. And knowing that the Bears only gave up ten points in the Thursday night opener to the Packers, do something like that. And yeah. it's going to be tough, but I want to see that. That's what I want to see. Because this really, it's fun to talk about Cousins, and it's fun to talk about the, the offense, and that's the sexier side of the ball. But I'll continue to say this. The success of this team 
as long as Mike Zimmer is coach, rides on that defense. Yeah, there's no so doubt about that. So it just starts that. with that. That's never going to change. That is what it is. That's who Mike Zimmer is as a coach. Uh, 651-646-8255 if you want to join the show like Tyler does. Hi, Tyler. How are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well, Tyler. What's up? I want to spin the poll question on you guys. How many points do you think the Vikings need to score where you feel like if they lose that game, it's like a failure as the team? Does that make sense? Yes, so so what's the uh, so what can they get to do, and if they lose they I'm score? disappointed. So if they, if they score 14 and they lose I'm not necessarily disappointed. That's something that I wouldn't think is expected, but if they get up to 24 points and they don't win it's a failure. I think 24 is a fair number. 21 maybe, 24 is certainly fair. I think 24 is perfect, Tyler. How, how about you? You know, I honestly I think in the 21, yeah, 21 24 range if you're scoring that many points and your defense is giving up that much, you're in uh it did, things didn't go according to plan, and much you know, much worse than than what you guys were uh, were mentioning before. Thanks, you guys, appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Tyler. For the call, Talk Tyler. to you later. If you leave if you leave Green Bay, Wisconsin, and get on uh, the plane, and you've won twenty four to seventeen, I think Mike Zimmer is the happiest guy there can be. Yeah, I think the only thing that would make him happier is if you win three nothing. Well, sure, sure, but 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 I yeah, that's a very good point. But I I think twenty four to two seventeen, nothing, no. <laughs> two nothing's even better actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think twenty four to seventeen is a very fair Viking like game. Yeah, I would agree. Twenty seven twenty four, you win. I think you take it, but you don't want to. I just the feeling last year was you fell behind you felt that you you had to pass cousins actually statistically had a really good game and that was in retrospect now one of kirk's best games of the year but this is the exact type of game that i don't want to put in his hands i don't want to have to to do that because then what we saw play out was can you do it again and again and eventually the answer simply became no he can't another tweet in at real d cunningham at score north at jay zolgad on twitter Responding to the question, if the Vikings go into Lambeau Field and allow 14 points or less and win the game on Sunday against the Packers, how does that change your feelings about the 2019 Vikings? Adam says, can't can't say for certain it would change things. Depends on how the offense looks. If the Vikings go there and win 17-14 to 14 and one of those touchdowns was a defensive score, my feelings would probably actually change in a negative direction. You know what? I see what he's saying. I don't know that mine would. I don't know that mine would. I'm I'm going into this game putting really the majority the majority of my expectations on the defense. Mm-hmm. And my feeling is the offense needs to play smart, but I I really think to me what I want to see is the I want to see the opposite defensively of what we saw in 2018 there. Yeah. That's where I start. That's where I start cuz I we're getting too caught up in the offense. We're getting too caught up. The offense needs to play smart. The offense need, needs to be, to your point before, because you're right, balanced. I think all of that's very fair. But, but if we start putting it on, well, Cousins has to do this or that, that, that gets away from what the message should be. But do you think we're always going to lean towards the offense? Because at the end of the day, the guy that's making the most money is the one in charge of that, and Kirk Cousins. But that's not... But like I, I yes, realize that's yes, not what this team is geared yes, towards, but, that's but not, at the end yeah. of the day, I understand why we're always going to lean on the offense and look at the offense but and if, have questions about the offense because the price tag makes it so. 
yes, you are correct. I don't think that's the right way. You paid him that because you perceived he was better than Keenum, but not great. I don't think it's the right way either, but I understand why it happened. Right, but I'm trying to encourage people to to put it back on the defense. And and Cousins, Cousins if, if Kubiak, if the system works, Cousins is going to be used as sort of a puppet quarterback, and it's going to be smart. Yeah. And that's what I want. Yeah. That's what I want. What I don't want is for the ratio to get unbalanced again. What I don't, but but for that not to happen, your defense can't go in and give up a bunch of first half points. And and to what you were saying last segment is you are getting Green Bay at a time where the offense is probably way more a work in progress. Certainly. So if this was in Lambeau Field and let's say let's say it was November you know fifteenth or something, and that offense is set, it might be tougher. Might be a way but, different story. Yeah, but this is only one one game in, and it gives you a chance. All right, let's transition to what's going to be a new Wednesday staple on Vikings Ventline. Now on Vikings Ventline. I thought it was horrible, disgusting. It's time to let it all out. Embarrassing, shameful. It's time to vent on Vikings Ventline. It's stuck. All right, it's time to vent. This can be Vikings. This can be National Football League. It can be a combination. Danny Cunningham, you start. What would you like to vent about on this Wednesday? So I'd like to vent about one of the uh, more obscure games in the NFL this past week. It did involve the NFC North, didn't involve the Minnesota Vikings, but let's head out to Arizona where the, the Cardinals took on the Detroit Lions. The game ended in a tie. It was the second year in a row that we had a week one tie. Last year we also had a week two tie, as we know, in uh, in Green Bay between the Vikings and the Packers at 29 each. Yep. But Cliff Kingsbury coaching his first NFL game, in with Kyler Murray, his quarterback, playing in his first NFL game, the number one overall pick, flashed a lot of exciting things. He had a rough first three quarters, and then fourth quarter overtime was absolutely electric in bringing the Cardinals back to tie it before the end of regulation. But why are you being conservative in overtime? Why are you playing for the tie? It's your first game. You're coaching a team that admittedly isn't very good this year. You are not going to win a lot of games, but you had a golden opportunity to win that game, and you chose to play where the best thing that can happen now by punting in overtime with like three minutes left. Did he understand that it was going to be a tie I don't after know. ten minutes? I don't know. I, I have no idea if he understood if he knew that rule. But you punted in overtime. <laughs> Think about it if he and, didn't and the second. best thing that could happen to you once you as soon as you lined up to punt was all right, the best case scenario here is we tie. That's the best case scenario. Why are you coaching like that? That bothers me. You're not coaching to win. Coaching to tie is not a thing. Who has ever trained? What athlete has ever trained? Been through an off-season program? Just went through training camp. It's week one. You just went through all that, and you didn't do it to tie. You did it to try and win. Now, if it goes poorly and you lose, you're the Arizona Cardinals. You're supposed to lose. You're not supposed to win games this year. You're going to be a team that has a top five, top ten pick in the NFL draft. You're not going to have many opportunities to win games. That was one of them. You could have had your first career win, Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler Murray deserved his first career win. Instead, a tie. I don't know that he completely got that that was going to, to be, be it. And here's the the one thing off your point that confuses me, too. I thought that we were getting these new, younger coaches in because they came from the Madden generation of understanding game theory yeah. and the clock. I thought that... Game management. Yeah. I thought we were getting away from the older coaches because we can't understand how they operate in game sometimes. So explain to me how Kingsbury, certainly a young guy, very handsome, certainly a young guy doesn't 
know this or doesn't or or as you said essentially plays to tie which is which by which does seem like the most old school thing possible i forget what the down and i forget what the distance was on fourth down but cliff kingsbury has a guy on his staff as all coaches do where their job is so he does to, have this guy i would assume so I, I know this happens. I McVay have a, has, has Jed Fish. I have a friend that is this coach in college. He's this coach at Samford University in FCS school. His job is he is on headset on the sidelines. He has the analytics book. And he tells the coach, the head coach, offensive coordinator, and says, here's the situation where we would go for it on fourth down. And that situation wasn't that. But sometimes, Cliff, you can't go by the book. So the Car- and that's a situation where you can't. So the Cardinals... Assume, assuming they have this person, how the heck is that person not just fired then? Because I don't have a good answer. Because Cliff Kingsbury is the one. That person that has that book probably read the book right. It's not his job to make the decision. Yeah. It's his job to read the book. And Cliff Kingsbury listened to the book. It's not on that guy. It's on Cliff Kingsbury not going, you know what? No, we need to go against the book on this one. It makes no sense. That's what it is. Six five one six four six eight two five five. We're in the TCL broadcast studios. The show is Vikings Ventline. Yes, it it's new on weekdays. Of course, uh, Ventline still exists very much after uh, after Vikings games on Sunday. We'll have it right after Vikings Packers on Sunday. But we're on now. Uh, Zolgat Cunningham, Manny Hill producing from ten to noon on Mondays and from eleven to noon Tuesday through Friday. Judd, would you like to rant about something? I would, but I'm going to do it when we come back. And here's the tease to it. Oh, boy. I'm going to rant about something, and in doing so, I'm going to praise the Vikings for something. Oh, wow. Vikings fans, your comments, questions, your thoughts. Vikings Ventline, your tweets, your calls. Mondays 10 to noon, Tuesdays through Friday 11 to noon. Vikings Ventline on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, it's Score North Download Time. It's 1147. I'm Manny Hill, and uh, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins... He talked to media this morning before uh, the Vikings hit the practice field, and uh, here's what he had to say about uh, some of the young players on the Green Bay Packers' defense. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware in this league that a player who comes in as a rookie or second-year player is not the same guy as he is in year three, four, or five, or beyond. And so I think they've had some younger players that they've thrown in the fire in the past, and now those guys are, are becoming you know pretty smart veteran players, and I think that shows up you know when you watch them against the Bears last week. Go get him, Kirk, on Sunday at noon. Border battle as we return to Vikings vent line, Judd Zolgad. No, that's the key. Kirk shouldn't have to do that. We're, we're No, no, we're alleviating Kirk of that responsibility. We're putting it on the defense to make Kirk's life easy, to make Kubiak's plan. No, see, the whole thing, the whole goal here is to not put it on Kirk. If you put it on Kirk, you're going to fail. If you make Kirk part of the stew, you're better off. TCL Broadcast Studios, 651-646-8255, Viking Vent Line. We go until noon when the Twins show takes over. I'm sure they'll be talking extensively about the fact that um, my challenge to Jose Brios worked perfectly last night. Now we'll see if Jose can continue that. Zolgad, Cunningham, Manny Hill, uh, Vikings Vent Line poll of the day, which you can still vote on for um, a little while at least. At our Twitter account, Score North at Score North. How many points uh, can the Vikings defense give up on Sunday at Lambeau Field and still expect to win? Sixty-three percent say twenty-one. I agree with Danny. Voted for fourteen. Thirty percent of the uh, voters are with Danny Cunningham. 
Uh, 30 points, 5% say that. I think 30 points is probably too much. I think you lose if you give up 30, and Mike Zimmer's very unhappy. 35 or more, still holding steady at 2%, and uh, you people have a lot of faith in the Vikings' offense. I think it's better. I don't think they can give up 35 or more points and expect to win, and Zim would also agree with me. I don't think if they gave up 35 points, I don't think Zim sleeps all week. Oh, he'd be livid. Oh, can you imagine the post-game press conference? I don't think, even if they win, win, I don't think he gets a minute of sleep until they hold Oakland to under 20. If they, you're right. If the Minnesota Vikings, well, that's why when Cousins said, yeah, we might need to have a 52-51, it's like, no, what are you talking about? Your head coach would, that's not healthy. No. He's he's like 63 years old. This is not, that's a terrible idea, Kirk. They could win the Super Bowl 35-31 and Mike Zimmer would be pissed. I would agree with you. He'd it be sounds so mad. It sounds, but if they win, if they go into Green Bay and win 38 35, Mike will be, it will be like they lost. Yes. All right. Before we're done here, it's time for me to. Uh, now on Vikings Vent Line. I thought it was horrible, disgusting. It's time to let it all out. Embarrassing, shameful. It's time to vent on Vikings Vent Line. It's stuck. That's right. It is time to vent. And in doing so, and in venting, I am going to also, conversely, praise the Vikings. Again, I would like to say thank you to Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. You're wide receivers, and you're really, really good. But you know what makes you great? You're low maintenance. You're low maintenance. And no, I'm not uh, talking about the news that now involves Antonio Brown. Of course, off the field, there's uh, he's been accused of rape in a civil lawsuit, a very serious uh, accusation, and the whole Antonio Brown thing is seems to be never-ending. But I'm talking about Danny Cunningham, your guy. My guy. OBJ. Odell. Odell Beckham Jr. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in your closet, there is an OBJ Browns jersey. I might wear it on Monday. Um, which is great. I think that's fantastic. Let's, also, Odell Beckham shoes. <laughs> boy. But if you saw the news yesterday, it's this. OBJ said that he plans to wear in-game's luxury watch that he, yes, that's right, watch that he sported in the season opener against the Titans. Uh, An NFL spokesman said earlier in the week that while the league has no rules prohibiting jewelry, it does have a policy, quote, prohibiting hard objects. He also said the league would address the matter with Beckham and the Browns, who play, of course, next Monday night against the Jets in New York. Beckham countered that the, is it Rich Millie? Richie Millie. Richie Richie Millie, timepiece, which which according to this ESPN story, and I've seen various reports about the price, but according to the ESPN.com story I'm looking at right now, retails around $190,000, is plastic and thus shouldn't be an issue, although Beckham indicated he has not spoken to the league yet about it. Um, A spokesman for the watch company said that 500 pieces like this were made, and Beckham is just a customer and not a brand ambassador. Beckham is upset because he feels picked on. One is, I find it very hard to believe that he's not being paid to wear this watch. But two is, and since he's on your team, I will ask you, Danny Cunningham, and my rant is this. Receivers, why? Why is this? And you've got, look, you're coming off a bad loss. You've got a, a inexperienced head coach, Freddie Kitchens. You've got a quarterback who's in his second year now, and who I know you like a lot, but he's still young. What are you doing here? What's Beckham doing here? Why? Why do you he's just trying to look good, Judd? He just he but wants just, to he wants to express himself. Do you on know the what field I want? The way he the way he feels. Do best. you know what I want? What do you want? And and here is what if um if your quarterback is the guy that we think he is the alpha, right? The leader. Yes. Here's what I want Baker Mayfield to do today. 
Go up to him, say, give me that watch. Throw it in the garbage and say, it's done now. That's what I want. It's unnecessary. It's a distraction that you don't need. It's everything. This is already, after a bad loss in week one, we're already going down this. We're worried about a watch? It makes no sense. I understand. And this is why I love Diggs and Thielen. And look, I'm not saying they're perfect, and I know that that Thielen, probably rightfully so, got upset a couple times at Cousins last year. And I think Diggs can certainly get moody and upset, but this is why I love these guys. Like, this is... Odell Beckham Jr., you're a marvelous football player. Can you, Just for 16 games, can you just go play football? Like, offseason, wear all the watches you want, do all... I don't care about that. But this is exactly what your team doesn't need. This type of crap. That's fair, but also, the loss wasn't on Odell. It wasn't no, as I know, if, but o- Odell, but it's a team Odell thing. wore the watch. But it's a team. Odell was the best player on the field for the Browns, but it, too. But it's a team thing. You don't need this. It's unnecessary. I'm not I, I, blaming I think him. it's being made into a far bigger deal than it actually is. But it's I, a watch. Who cares? But Let the, him wear it. But the second it becomes that, just put the watch aside and say, okay, you know what? It's not worth it. If the Browns go out and win on Monday night against New York and Odell puts up the same stat line that he puts up, no one talks about it. As I long as ba- they win, it doesn't matter. I want Baker Mayfield to take that watch and step on it and throw it away and say, "This is how we. This is how we work here as a team." This is. I not, don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a good idea because I do think that there can be bigger fish to fry inside that locker room at some point, and it's not worth trying to step up and be the big guy over a watch. There can be bigger issues in that locker room at some point, and you. you but you know why it's a big deal. You have you have so much juice deal. if you're Baker Mayfield, you can't use it all on something as as minuscule as a watch. Here's why it's a big deal. Because it's starting a pattern already. It's starting a pattern of him calling to attention to himself for no reason. So it's not just a watch. And, and if this was the first thing he ever did, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's sort of weird. But it's not. And I would say, Odell, this stops right now. We're not going through the same crap that you did in New York. You're a marvelous football player. And you're going to get the football a lot, and you are going to help us win football games. But it's not going to be because of anything. I don't want to hear from you. I just I don't think it's a big deal. He wore it during practices. He wore it during OTAs, minicamp. Whenever he was there, he wore a watch when he was playing. Why I don't do think it's wear- a big deal. And he's not the first player to wear a watch on the field. Yeah, you know what I I would say. It's not the first time that's happened. I, I remember watching. Watches. I remember watching a, a college game, seeing a guy have a watch. I remember DeAnthony Thomas at Oregon. He wore a Rolex during the Alamo Bowl one year. I would take that watch and I would say, you either put it away, or I'm breaking it. I just I don't think it's a big deal. It's not it's not worth the trouble. And then I would break it. But not, you know what? It's I'm not pra- worth the trouble. But I'm praising the Vikings because this is the exact type of crap that they used to have all the time and is now, for the most part, not entirely, but a lot of times, non-existent. That's Vikings Ventline for today. We're done. Zolga, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill producing all of the streams. If you watched us on those, run by Declan Goff, TCL Broadcast Studios. Twins show up next. Jose Barrios, good on you. Clearly, you listen to Score North on 1500. That's a good job though today, fellas. That's a way to step up.